The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. All right, quickly, let's take our declaration of understanding and then we'll take our seats and then we'll begin to uh, study the Word of God. All right, if you are awake and you are blessed, give me an amen. Amen. You are very awake. <laughs> I almost fell backwards. All right, I want to let's go. Now I, I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In our spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. And that's precisely what you will experience today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, take your seats. Let's quickly get into the teaching. Then we are going to rise again to lift the word of God up together. It's our school of prayer, as you know. I keep on saying that as if you don't know. Well, I think I do because of those who might be listening to this um, by recording. So they may not be listening to it on the day that we are... The day that we are meeting here. So that's why I keep saying that. For some time we have been talking about getting rid of fear. And the reason is because we said that fear is not just a state of the heart. It's not all there is to it. Fear calls in evil into life. It does that. It attracts things. You know, one of the things the Lord helped me with is that I studied science both fundamentally, that is foundationally, secondary school, and even university. And I realized that science is one of the... In fact, I think science is interesting. It actually reflects the spiritual very, very well. Science reflects the spiritual very well. So you hear of electromagnetism. You hear of um, negative forces, uh, negative attracting positive, and you know, something attracting another thing, stuff like that. These things are real. These things are real. You have a pull in the realm of the spirit. And like one thing one man said, I think it was um, John Graham Lake, that when Jesus will appear, that there is a force in him that will attract his people to him. That you don't have to know he's there. You just find yourself being pulled up to the direction where he is. Either him or the Red Prince, okay? Something like that. So you see, spiritual things are like that. So it's possible for you to attract evil into your life. It's possible to attract good into your life. That's just the way it is. You generate a kind of spiritual environment that pulls things in and repels some things. That's just the way it is. So, fear is one thing that pulls in the negative and repels the positive. If cancer is going around looking for who to afflict, if the person that attracts him more is a fearful person, if blessing is looking for who to settle upon, the person who will get to last is the fearful person. That's just the way it is. These are spiritual atmospheres. So that when God meets people, when he wants to interact with them, if he discovers fear in them, he has to first rebuke the fear. He has to first you know, drive away fear. And the way he does it is by his word. He will say, do not be afraid. Never think God gives counsel. It's not counsel, it's instruction, it's a commandment, it's a release of power. So when it says, don't be afraid, no matter how fearful the circumstance might be, if you just say amen to what he has said, fear will live your life. 
That's the way it works. So when God meets people, he said, don't be afraid. You know, so we found out that Peter was able to walk on water as long as he was not afraid. As long as he was not afraid, he was able to walk on water. And when um, circumstances, when the world, when Satan, all those things wanted to make him sink, the thing they did was to what? Instigate fear. He saw the waves. He looked in the direction of the waves. And then fearing, he began to sink. That's the way it works. It was the fear that ignited the sinking principle. You notice that? So, and then Jesus now looked and said, Ha, why did you doubt? What was Jesus saying? Why did you look away from the instruction I gave you? Why did you look away from the focus you had on me? Because if he had focused on Jesus, he would not have been able to notice the waves. He would not have been able to notice the stirring up of the sea. All right? And that would have prevented him from being afraid. Your focus determines seriously whether you will be fearful or you will not be fearful. It's crucial you understand it. Focus. Focus is crucial. Whether you be fearful or you will not be fearful. And that's why in life, you have to be careful what you focus on. If you focus on the negative, now let me say it again. These things are not neutral. These things are not natural. They are spiritual forces. So if Satan wants you to fail in life, if the enemy wants you to fail. Now, actually, most people will call, uh, is it Babala or Dibia or those uh, Juju people? They are nothing more than people that understand the way spiritual things work. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, that's what they do. You know, they don't, you know, I keep on telling people, they don't have power in themselves. They have to learn and they have to operate. You know, they need, you know, let me not get sidetracked into that now. I, I was about to start teaching about how they have to raise up accusation. How if you can keep yourself pure and clean, you disarm them automatically. They can't just come in because somebody does not like you, all right, and afflict you because they know how to generate spiritual power. The person who is coming must have what in law, in law we call local standing. Law and science, they are the two things that really show how the spiritual works. I'm telling you. They, so you can't just come and plead if it doesn't concern you. So many times, and that's why I tell you that stranger, a stranger will just touch you on the road and there's something happened to you. I say, it's not, it's not so. It doesn't, unless that stranger targeted you, you did not know. And they needed to have something. They say, if you hear, if you hang, um, if you hang your, that said people are now doing court with undies they hung on the line. Please, don't mind anybody. Hang your undies, your indies, your yondies, whatever it is. Hang it anywhere you like. All right? You can't do anything. You can't do anything. It's a piece of cloth. Okay? What really speaks? Okay, the other things. The person must have a connection spiritually. There must be pleading that is legitimate in the realm of the spirit for things to work. I hope you're getting my point. That's just the way it works. So you can't just be going you go to a stranger's house, strangers, a stranger's matter, and carry to another stranger and be, <laughs> the Bible will look at you, are you all right? What did he do you? He can't do anything. Do you get my point? Uh-huh. Now, so that's the way it works. So, so one of these people, they know. One of the methods in life Satan uses to stir up fear, to stir up, you know, fear in the hearts of people. And so, how does it do it? It is simple. It starts telling you things. It starts portraying things. Okay? And listen, and, you know, I said it here, was it last time or some of those, one of those days? If you're a minister of the gospel, make sure you don't instill fear in people apart from the fear of God and the fear of the retribution for sin. So that people who have repented, when they listen to you, they should not be afraid. I hope you're getting my point. Those who are working with God, when they listen to you, fear should not be in their hearts. All right? That's your assignment as a believer. You must give them the word of God. It's consolation for those who are working with God. Even in the midst of adversity and the midst of bad things. David said, do I walk the valley of the shadow of death 
I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. So when people are going to the, the darkest valleys, you should tell them, the Lord is with you. When you tell them, the Lord is with them, and indeed, now listen, another thing, stop prophesying to evil people that the Lord is with you. Let them know, oh boy, this is your adultery, the Lord has left you. You go soon cross gutter and jam. That's the reality. <laughs> Say it the way it is. If you are a minister, bear that in mind. It's not your job just to prophesy. It shall be well. It shall be well only for those who fear the Lord. If you don't fear God, it shall not be well. You shall cross, cross ordinary gutter. It will be as if you fell into a gully. Why? That is how it is with those who hate the Lord. Those who the Lord rebukes, but they don't listen to rebuke. That's how it is with them. But for those who love the Lord, your words you bring what? Comfort. Alright? So what, what the Lord does is to bring comfort. What the world does is to try and upset people. They start showing you things. It is not the thing they are showing you, it's the reaction in your heart that will decide what will come to you or what will not come to you. Let's bear it in mind. So as we are going around the life praying, you know, I said, we have to know how to pray important prayers. Sometimes we are praying prayers that God said, they are not necessary. The real, prayer, the real problem here is that you are afraid. That the thing that is coming is not directed against you. Sometimes you say that thing will still come. You are praying against it, don't worry. It's not your own, but it will still come. So sometimes what you need to do is focus on that, you know, how to drive fear away from life. In fact, it's a fundamental thing as a believer because the exact opposite of faith is the exact opposite of faith. It has the same, it has the exact opposite of the effect of faith in the hearts, in the lives of people. So you may have faith, alright? Don't let fear, because sometimes you have faith, fear comes in and stays beside it. I used to think before that these things can't cohabit. If you have faith, fear has gone away. No, I have found that it's not so. Sometimes you have faith. Fear just come and quickly stay beside there. I'm attacking, <laughs> I'm attacking you, bros. Let's talk, let's talk. <laughs> then leave me. Let's talk. I want to talk to you. Once you look like this, you begin to see. <laughs> if you can, the faith is on the other side, though. You know, the day I discovered that in there, oh God. How did I discover? I was just reading scripture. And I realized that <laughs> the Lord now separated the light from the darkness. I said, wait. When you say light be, darkness did not go away. No, darkness didn't go away. We used to think that once you said let light that be light, suddenly darkness vanished. No. What happened was that darkness could not overcome the light. So the light was there, and darkness was in the background. The Lord now separated the light from the darkness. It's a very common thing in life. We mix light and darkness. We become what they call lukewarm. Light is there. Darkness is there. We come to church, fill our hearts with light. We hear the word of God. We are filled with light. Light everywhere. Light in every corner. But there's one small part of it. That darkness is staying. Darkness is hiding there. And those things that hide, they are dangerous. Because indeed they will erupt. You'll be surprised. Ah! Is that not why he said this guy was in the goal of what? Bitterness. And the, and the man was saved though. So that's what happens. Sometimes these negative things, they hide. People don't know. So when I found, I say, oh, light can be there and darkness is still. Because darkness, you know, the mistake we used to make is to think that darkness is the absence of light. No. Darkness is a tangible spiritual force in its own right. 
It is. That's why you can have children. <laughs> you have children of darkness. That's why people can love it. Men love darkness. It's a place to be. <laughs> it's not just the absence of light. It's a spiritual force in itself. You know, I wonder was, you know, I, I thought I read a bit of physics. I, you know, the other day I gathered my children were watching the history of quantum physics. I saw it, ah, I collected the video, big one, and everybody started to watch it. And I enjoyed it. I was watching the quantum field. I said, hey, this is spirituality. You learn some things, from, no, not just Bible. When you know your Bible, you now read physics, you now understand things. I'm telling you. So astrophysics taught us about dark matter and dark energy. He said the universe is full of dark matter and dark energy. Now, what they call dark matter and dark energy is for a different reason, okay? But at least it helped me to explain spiritual things. It's there. They can't see it. But it's there. It's real. They call it dark energy. In fact, it is said that most of the mass of the universe is composed of dark matter emitting dark energy. I say, ah, it's energy. It's dark. <laughs> what do they mean by dark? They can't see it. But they can feel its effect. So that taught me that, listen, no, 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 no. Light can be present and darkness can be present. At the same time, you now have the responsibility as a child of God to do what? Separate light from darkness in your life. You must consciously throw away darkness. What is darkness? It's those things you believe that are different from the word of God. And you hold on to them. They make a lot of sense. So many times you have to deliberately handle them, focus on them, and drive them out of your life. You know, one of the things I found out, you know, faith is, faith is real. Faith works. One major reason it doesn't have its effect as it's supposed to have in our lives is darkness. Let me give an example. He said faith works by what? By love, right? So, without love, there can be faith, just that it doesn't work. Yes. You have faith. Faith is in you. But there's no love, so it's not working. Because faith does what? Works by love. Sometimes you have faith, it doesn't work. Why? The other things are hindered from working. James said, envy doesn't let it work. Lost does not let it work. If I'm using my faith to try to satisfy my lust, it doesn't work. That's light mixed with what? Darkness. So lust, darkness. Envy, darkness. Can I use the word lack of love? Darkness. Faith, light. Faith is what? Light. But it's not working. Why? It's been mixed with darkness. So you have to in your life separate your faith from the dark energy. So you are praying. James said, check. Is it to service your lust? Yes. It's not working. You have not because you ask not. You ask, you don't receive. And he said, this is the reason. So what do we do? We are careful to test ourselves. Examine ourselves. Am I really operating by pure light? Or am I operating by light mixed with darkness? In fact, one of the assignments that take time in life 
is the uprooting of darkness out of our souls. Satan likes to push darkness in. We have the assignment to remove that darkness. We do. Fear is darkness. Faith is there, and fear is hiding. Like I said, it's tapping on Peter. Peter, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Peter says, I'm busy. I'm working on water. Let me talk to you. You'll continue walking after I finish talking. <laughs> Mistake. As soon as Vita turned to look at fear, <clears throat> you know, he forgot and began to sink. That now wasn't the fear. I don't know whether I get my point. He forgot the word of God, forgot the fact that Jesus was in front of him. Then he began to sink. And fear begets fear. Are you looking at my point? Initially, the waves caused fear. Next thing that caused fear was sinking. That began to sink. He shouted. <laughs> what caused him to sink was the fear. It's a negative thing. What I'm to say, sometimes you have faith in your heart. Fear, unbelief, worry. There are many people, they are using faith to try and solve the problems stimulated by fear and worry. They are not removing the worry. They are removing, they are trying to use faith to solve the demand of fear. For example, what will happen to you, your children tomorrow? You know, things are getting more difficult now. The 500 naira of today is not even as powerful as the 100 naira of five years ago. By the time your children are adults, 1,000 naira of that time will be like 15 naira of today. So what do you do? <laughs> so I see advice. You know, I see adverts all the time, and I keep laughing. I say, some people fall for these adverts. Say, invest your money where it will be shielded from inflation. I say, on this earth? <laughs> they're always advertising to you. Just, what's he say? Invest your money in dollars. You see that, you know. Let me not campaign against anybody. I just say, sorry for you. They have, they have their posters everywhere. No, God has been very kind to me. I told you, for a very long time. All those things. Those, they never got in my money. Five cobbled they have never collected. Never. I'm not joking. All these ones put money here, do that, that. Those people, they never see my money. Where would they see it? Oh, within pyramid schemes I had today, when I was in university, we had what we call in Benin, plan well. <laughs> there had another one called money tree. That was when Umana Umana was raining in Portacourt. They didn't get my money. I don't know why. They just couldn't get my money. Maybe I just didn't have faith in them. I didn't trust them one bit. So you see them every time trying to say, okay, how do you secure the future of your children, you know, when you... So you will now go and start praying, Father, 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 in the name of Jesus, they're asking for money to invest in Forex to secure the future of their children. They are using faith to solve problems instigated by anxiety. They will now sow a seed of 5,000 so that it will germinate to 50,000. One pastor actually taught my friend in their church like that. I, I felt like telling him, the pastor must be a clown. <laughs> he said, what you do is this. If they say in church, you should pledge money. Say you should pledge like 500,000. Or let's say, for people like Jim Wokina, you can pledge like 10 million. Now say, Pastor, where will I say 10 million? Say, it's not a problem. How much do you have now? 10, I say, so 10,000. 
If 10,000 will germinate, maybe 100,000. And you sow the 100,000. <laughs> it came germinating until you have your 10 million to now finally redeem your pledge. <laughs> I said that this pastor. Is it that you, do you really believe yourself? <laughs> no, you want to ask the man of God that. Pastor, come, 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 come closer. Do you believe yourself? <laughs> you want to. <laughs> like, this is how this gospel works. Kalo, kalo, you know they call kalo, kalo. My friend, when he told me, like, your first actually said that, you go and pledge 10 million and then start swimming from 5,000. <laughs> Lizzo, that is the time you need to realize that it's acceptable according to what the man has, not according to the one that is planning to sow to germinate and multiply <laughs> over the next few years. And by the way, it's God we are dealing with now. See, if that's what we wanted to do, just say, Papa God, as you are multiplying this one, retaining, retain it. You know, it's called compound interest, rollover. That's how bankers got it. <laughs> when you give them a fixed deposit, come on, let's stop joking. People sometimes come, they want to use faith. You sow a seed because of fear. So let me sow my seed now. Then I will now reap 10 million to invest for the future of my children. Because is it not easier to just ask me to take care of that future? Is that not what real faith is? I'm not emphasizing that many times in life we mix fear with our faith. One major area where people mix it together is in the area of prayer. People pray a lot because of fear. And they're not trying to solve, now listen to me, they're not trying to solve the fear directly. The fear is sending them into prayer and it's keeping them there. They did not approve fear. They are using prayer to, ah, I pray you get my point. Fear is making them pray constantly. But the prayer is not really a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of worry. It's a prayer of fear. It's a prayer of anxiety. There are times people have told me, I've counseled people sometimes, they come, Pastor, I say, after a while, you know, I say, this matter, why don't you leave it? I think God is tired of hearing you about it. Begin to, uh, I have a few people in my mind. I said, one particular lady in my mind. I said, my sister. I said, it is enough. I was, you know, sometimes human beings can feel the pain of God. Like, like what I mean by the pain, you can feel his emotion. Yeah, he actually, God does it. He does it. Something is paining him, it makes it pain you. Like if Saul disobeys him and he's not feeling happy, go and tell someone. Someone will become unhappy. God said, good. Now you have, you have been touched with the feeling of my pains. Yeah, he, he does that. He transfers his emotions sometimes to his servants, his prophets. So when they come to cry against iniquity, they cry the way God is feeling. There was one man who wanted to do it to that his own was serious. I'm not joining that prophetic office. God, nobody said, I'm not being rebellious, honestly. I'm just. I'm <laughs> men of God who are willing to do such things. Who's here? Let me show you how I feel. So Ozia go and marry a useless woman. So Ozia went and married a woman given to her lottery. Is that, which kind of prophetic office is that? Me, yeah, I don't want it to. Lord, I'm not, no, Lord, seriously, I'm not being rebellious. I'm just like, why you give that? Okay, even Jesus prayed, Father, if possible, let this call pass me over. I said, some kind of, what do you call it, anointing and commission you don't want. It may seem possible, and thank God, I did me have married, so. I have escaped the 
the Hosea thing. But those of you who are listening, maybe I'm, because of you, I'm praying like that. God told Hosea, go and marry a woman as a harlot. The woman was unfaithful. Yeah. You know what God told Hosea? Love her very much. Hosea loved the woman. Loved her. Loved her. Then she will leave her husband's house and go and be having relations with other men. Even get pregnant for that man. And born the adulterous children. And God will now tell us, yeah, go and bring her back. Huh? <laughs> Even Jesus said, this one, you can, you can use it to end the whole thing. God said to us, yeah, no, go and bring her back. So sometimes, eh, God makes us feel the pain that he is feeling. The way all of you are, you know, yeah, sometimes it makes us feel it too. Sometimes you are just angry. For no reason he gives ungodliness. It's, pay, it's God. If you tell somebody, this sin, God will judge it. It's not anger. It's the Lord just venting through you. It happens. So that day, when that lady was talking to me, I think I was feeling God's emotions. Like he's enough. Stop bringing up this matter. You know, sometimes, eh, we bring things up to God, eh, God will just be tired. So that day, I was talking to the woman. I just said, it's enough. You know, I, I had this feeling of, it don't do. We heard you the first time. Me and God now. Is this the only thing your life is about? Sometimes maybe you say, Pastor, come and pray for me. I need a job. Okay? You came in January, we prayed for you. February, you came. I should pray again. You need a job. March, you came. I need a job. I look like, bros, did God not hear you in January? But that time I said, no, if, you, if you bring this matter up again, if I'll just give you a job, we need the cleaner in this place, take broom, go outside them, start sweeping. Yeah. It's a job. Sometimes, eh, that's what happens. Fear has pushed us. Eh? Every time we are coming to pray to God, the prayer point that fear gave us, say, God, though, you know, if you don't bless me now, how will I take care of my family? Because they are ahead. After a week, you come back. Abundance is important, Lord. So that, ah, because I heard it the first time. Every time you read, you say, dollar is now five something, you come back to a prayer. God is tired of those prayer points. See, you're just afraid. You're afraid. You know, I thank God for my life. You know what I mean by my life? My life, physical life. I've lived quite some time. I was already grown and aware when Naira was one Naira. To the pound. Yeah. I didn't say dollar. That time pound had much, was, it was heavier than dollar. Now they are almost running side by side. The difference is, before it was heavy. It was quite heavy. Yet, when Naira was one Naira to the pound, I, I was aware. I still remember very well, let's now move out to dollar. I was in university, that university, when dollar was four naira. And it depreciated to four naira. The talk as students was that dollar was now four naira. Where is this country going? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Four naira. They have a friend. He was studying banking and finance in another university. I was in the University of Benin. He was another university far away. So we meet at home. And he said that their lecturer said, listen to this, that dollar is going to get to 10 naira. They should watch it. <laughs> Did you get what I said? 
And I remember being furious at such an evil person who could prophesy such doom over this nation. How could he say such a wicked thing from his heart? Uttering vitriol against the people that are trying to survive. As I was feeling, I almost told that my friend, go and tell your tell that lecturer, waka. Nonsense. How can he say? What does waka mean? Just means we are angry. And all the man said was I to be what? Ten naira. And right now. <laughs> right now. Our discussion is whether it will hit 600 before Christmas. Because <laughs> last time, you know, he stayed at that 570 for a long time. Then a few weeks ago, he started moving again. You know, that's one major reason why it doesn't bother me. You know why this story I told you? is why it doesn't worry me. I said, when it was one naira to the dollar, I didn't even have. So let's even leave that one. <laughs> for information, I was in Enugu when it hit 120. Once I started broadcasting on um, satellite TV, we're paying at the rate of 120 naira to the dollar. Then the thing kept on doing doom. That is, I just noticed something in all of this. There was no year I went down. When it was one naira to the dollar, I didn't have. Then when it was, it now finally got to like uh, six naira, I graduated. They couldn't keep me back in school because the thing f- fell in value. They couldn't. And, you know, one way or the other, please go and read my article if you haven't read it. Keep on trucking. To me, it's one of the most practical applications of faith that have taught people. Keep trucking. Just, your aim should just be to survive for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. If they say the dollar is now 590, it's going to, you know, one thing God punishes me for, I've noticed, it's been gentle in the punishment though. If I try and stack it, or whatever it is, Against when you go up. That one, is a, it takes it personal. That one I know. Say, eh? Cement is going to go up in price. Quickly go and buy it now. Because this is your own, eh? I will turn everything to stone. So you go and store it in a very dry warehouse, everything. That's me, I go and buy 20 tons. And now cover it, seal it well. Not, no. Put, what do you call this? The desiccants everywhere. Absorb all the moisture. Seal it. One ninja will just go. Why, no, why, no, why, why men slept? <laughs> Just leak, put a hole in all of them. They will be absorbing moisture while I'm sleeping. You now say, hey, let's now start the construction. I already have 50 tons hidden somewhere. The first one, koi. Second one, koi. They say, okay, I don't know what we used to do. We used to fill the compound. <laughs> That's what they will tell you. They will turn your expensive cement to sand fill. That is what God does to me. So I don't bother. If something is rushing somewhere, it doesn't worry me. Partly from my experience, because I have noticed that as the thing is going, that I have not died. And it, there was never a time, maybe today, dollar is uh, 200 naira, and I'm 30 years old. Tomorrow now is now uh, 300, and I become 26 years old. No. The next day I become 31. <laughs> my age has been growing normally. God has been kind. What am I going to say? When fear many times brings us prayer points. When I come and disturb God with it, and we think it's faith. No, the fear inactivates what? Our faith. That 
faith, if he had used it for the way he said it, give us this day our daily bread, the daily bread would have been very well baked. No golden outside, fluffy inside, rich. You will have taken a bite. Have you ever eaten things that you suddenly feel sleepy? It's so delicious, you close your eyes. Mm. You drag, drag a chair, sit down. Mm. You lean back. There are things you eat that are that delicious. That's what God will have done. If you will have just used that to your face without fear. And said, okay, how did he say it? Give us this day our daily bread. Say, Lord, I come for daily bread. You know what I found out? Many people, <laughs> I will say this before I get to my message. I'm just warming up, all right? We'll get to the message. I'm warming up. I'm not joking. I know what I want to preach. If you like, laugh at me. <laughs> Many people in life, be honest with you, they don't have as much problems as they think they have. God actually has solved all the, pro- the real problems. Is it? The other ones they invented, that's the problem. Sometimes I will sit down. My wife was somewhere one day, and one man was speaking. And she started crying. Do you know what I said? The man was sitting there talking about the problems he's been going through. And my wife put her head down and started crying. Crying for what? For the man who's talking. I said, Lord, why is this man giving himself... And he's a, he's a loved person, you know. We're kind of connected. Now, why is this man giving himself this amount of problems? No, just imagine I come and I'm, I'm telling you, I sit at the back. You know, the way we normally just at the end. And I said, no. You know, um, Ude, I don't know what's going on. This is my life. I've just been thinking. The cost of sending your children to uh, Notre Dame is so expensive now. The other day I sold my car. The money was not enough. You know, you'll be looking at me and say, hmm. <laughs> you'll be nodding like, hmm. Hmm. So only for my son to get down to the airport. They said he was COVID positive. They had to, they had to come back home. I was even living looking for how I use money to, so they turned him back from, Notre Dame is which country? Is he in France? Uh-huh. So they did not, not turn him back from Charles de Gaulle Airport to come back to Mutalem Mohammed. And the plane had diverted and went and landed in Amdiazikiwe. Finally, we got into Akano Ibiam. <laughs> I, I know you look like, hmm. So I, I need money now to send him back and, you know, be able to complete paying the Notre Dame people, and they, after that, he's supposed to go all the way to, um, like give me one country in Sweden, and one school in Sweden. Do you even know where Sweden is? I'm asking you for school in Sweden. Maybe, okay, there's one school that I think you should go and have a six-month program there, and then my, my wife and I want to go for the graduation at the end of the six-month program. You know, I say, you know, I say, Pastor, where's that other school? It's in Sydney, Sydney, Australia. And then, you know, so I sold my wife's car, so be able to pay them and then right now, I took an overdraft from Guaranteed Trust Bank. And then the, 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 my account officer is calling me all the time. I mean, I mean, they've not called Dangote. They are calling me. How much is Dangote owing? How much am I owing? You know, you'll be like the pastor. Mm. <laughs> After a while, you go, Grace, please come. Let's join hands. <laughs> Father, deliver him. 
If I say, do you have 500 naira for me? They say, Pastor, I don't have. This is my 500 naira. I will not donate it to foolishness. But you can't tell me. You just say, no, Pastor, I'll not get. In your mind, the one way I get, I want to buy, to buy bread when I'm going home. What are, all of you are laughing. Hmm? You're laughing at me, Abby. You're laughing at my foolishness. It sounds funny, right? You know, people do it every day. One man met my friend, said, give me small money now. My friend said, for what? So I need to buy my medicine. Or I had this, like, let's say diabetes. It's not diabetes, I just wanted to color it. Say, why? I should give you medicine. And they met in the office, so they know that my house and building is taking all my money, so I can't buy my diabetes food, medicine. I'm not telling, I was, I'm not tell, telling you a lie, I'm not joking. I was there. Because, you know, like the, the woman eyed him small. Maybe they go to the same church or something. There was a way he just said, Doc, can I see you? So I said, okay. So I just went and waited outside. So he came out after like two minutes. He said, Pastor, help me. Oh. I said, how do I help you? He said, this woman said, I should please give her money. That she can't buy her medicine because she's building her house. And when I told my wife, my wife said, if I was the one there, eh, I'll tell her, Madam, number one, I'm not giving you money. Number two, I want, you to, I want to beg you for a favor. Never say such things again. Is that what she would tell the woman? That never say such a thing to any human being. I should give you money to buy your medicine. Because the builder is taking your money to give to Dangote. Dangote cement. Some people are so foolish, they don't know it's a bad thing to say. Let me tell you how you know the thing you are doing is not blessed. Generosity has been removed from your life because you, are, you want to build a house. Let me say something that many people don't believe, but I will say it. I will say it. Never save money for luxury. Say, so I want to take my, my wife and my children on holiday next Christmas, and you are saving. You are not blessed. As bank, we shouldn't say, no. Is it wrong to take your wife and children on holiday to go to Paris or go to America? No. It's not, it's not bad. But I always say, if you have never given such an amount as offering to preach the gospel, you are a sinner. Stop, stop feeling as if you are, you are, you are a teddler. You are not. Before you do such things, I should see the kind of clothes your children are wearing, the kind of car that even you are driving. This is the kind of offering. When you send Kingdom Word alert, the computer should vibrate. Even though normal, normally computers don't vibrate for email alert. You see, we just gather money and say, yeah. Nonsense. There are some things that are called luxury. Luxury is not evil, but you must be able to afford it easily. Many problems people are trying to solve in life, they are generated for them by fear. They don't have as many problems as they think. Sometimes I look at... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I told you that I, I, know, I have wisdom I teach people. Let, let me not start with some of them now, because you'll be looking at me funny. Let me not start. But there are things you get in, you know, there, there, there are places you get to put an unnecessary demand on you. Maybe to buy jewelry, to buy things you can't afford. Like now, if you're a woman, as an example, you cannot, they say you must change hairstyle. They say, okay, you, got, you join the choir. Have you ever joined the choir before? They say for our upcoming program, everybody's going to buy Brazilian hair. We're going to tie like this. How much is by now? He says it's 65000 for the cheap one. 
So God didn't come to the singing ministry. Just. The church program is coming. They give you what you will wear for the program. Say, why? Because I'm an usher. Say, God has called me to intercession. <laughs> Don't fight anybody. Just go to the head of the, or the uh, unit, the head. Say, I'm impressive. The Lord is calling me to spend more time in prayer. <laughs> calling me to spend more time, you know, in meditation. So I'm just thinking that she joined the intercessory group in the church. That one, we always wear black or wear morning mood. <laughs> Morning for the sin of the society. <laughs> you know, as young people, young girls will not be calling their uncle. Uncle, no, we have a church program. We have to do our hair. We have to change our wardrobe. Nonsense. God will never give you that money. No, he won't. Nonsense. If you go to a church where the ushers are doing fashion competition, don't join ushers. Oh, no, join and be the rebel. Yeah, be the rebel. You wear the same dress every Sunday. For six weeks. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't enter the church. There are times, you know, some people should get revelation. Join deeper life for, while you are in school. They teach the, it's the same Bible. The only difference is that they, some people wear earrings, some don't wear earrings. Is that not all? When you graduate and you have money, you can now go and join house on the rock. <laughs> can join some other churches. So what happened? said, look, God looks... <laughs> God looks at the heart. It doesn't look at the outside again. He said, yes. But before, I said, brother, I couldn't afford the outside. That was why. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Somebody will put you under pressure for nothing. A lot of people, they are problems in life, I'm telling you. A lot of people, they are problems in life, eh? It's just self You know, they just create problems that don't exist. Some parents are satanic. They don't know. Sometimes that anyone they call you say you need to buy land. You don't know that. Your parent, your father will call you just like any money. Say he thinks you need to buy land. And your parents often do that when if you send them big money a few times, they don't know that it's because you hear the word of God, and the word of God they honor your father and your mother. You are just obeying God. <laughs> they not come, my son will come. No, they, they've helped you get one plot of land, just like three point five million. Now you're looking at your father like this. It's not your fault now. It's because last Christmas I bought a new television. The other Christmas I brought generator. <laughs> you not think I have money. And every month I'm sending you money. And you know they are very nice. Just say, tell the kind of land that you are seeing. <laughs> it won't know that what you are seeing is above. <laughs> now, that's not the kind of land. That's the value of the kind of land you are seeing. That you shouldn't worry. Of course, they, they, they land in New Jerusalem. You know how valuable it is. People, people just start, you know, you start having, you know, they generate for you a lot of problems. And you fall for them, now bring it to God in prayer point. And God say, wait, I should be solving problems generated by your father needlessly. And please, please, you don't have to send your children to an expensive school. Many people are listening to me, so let's tell them. School that you have to send your children to be begging the school authorities, please. I'm begging, please, please. I beg, go to another one. When, I, when my children are growing up, it's my wife that just, I mean, I didn't have the, the serious plan anyway. I wanted to go to one government secondary school, primary school near the house so they can learn to speak Igbo. How can you be born and bred in Igbo? You are still speaking English. Some people know only two languages. 
English and Pidgin English. <laughs> and you were born in Enugu. It's not good. You should go to Alliance Francais and go and learn how to speak Igbo. Yeah, they teach them. They teach them. Alliance Francais, yeah. They teach languages. You think it's only French they teach? They teach languages. They teach Igbo. People like um, Okemote okay, is registering next week. <laughs> They teach languages. I, I want, no, see, what I'm going to say is that, you know, when I'm going to say they abuse people, let me keep quiet. If you go to a school where they are making your child feel inferior because you didn't go for holiday in Europe last Christmas, I command you, withdraw the child next, as soon as school starts, say, I'm not coming again. When the proprietor says, oh, what happened? He said, you are making my child feel poor. So I'm trying to train him, train her to have a level head. The classmates won't let him rest. Say, and there's no fight. Oh. I'm not quarreling. No. Just don't give me tension that God did not give me. Don't give me the tension that the Lord did not give me. What kind of nonsense is this? Says my very good friend. How much did I share me? Says it's 65,000 for her wedding. Send out your friend 25,000 an envelope. Don't even go. Put 25 in the envelope. Say, Amaka, take. Have fun. You're not buying my Shabby. I can't afford it. No, stop pretending. No, he's pretending as the issue. Say, I can't afford it. 65,000. And so one day, me and Tor Reverend, we were coming from Lagos. I went to preach. So they had this stand in the airport. Did they sell Gaga? No, they call sunshades. So I said, ah, I'm coming from Lagos. I'm going back to Enugu. Let me just buy my wife something. So I walked, they let me buy something. So he called me and said, Pastor, I don't think you should go. He <laughs> was trying to persuade me. Some of these, my guys, they are not forceful enough. Zev. He said, he said hmm, Pastor, I don't really think it's going to be a nice idea. Let's just be going where we are going. I said, no, now, in my mind. Uh-uh. I said, let me just buy something. It's expensive. I know it's a bit expensive. I just buy one. Just buy one or two. Just to show you. I bought it for you from Lagos. It's really nice. Hinka was like, Pastor, are you sure you really want to go near there? <laughs> I said, let's just go. When I reached there, so I told the lady, ah, the lady, ah, I remember that girl. Very mini skirt and very high heel. <laughs> Which one you really like? I pointed to one I liked. I said, how much is that one? She brought it out. It looks really nice. Is it for your girlfriend? I said, yes, it is for my girlfriend. That's what, said, That's what this girl asked me. She didn't even ask whether it's for my wife. This bad girls. I said, yes, for my girlfriend. Okay, she brought it out. Shine it. Look at it. <laughs> really nice. Now, in today's Naira, Naira at that time was like, it don't reach one at that time. Like, oh, I want 80 now. It'll be a while. I was doing that $75,000. <laughs> Some people are not laughing because they can afford it. But that time, that flight eh, was like 11000 there. I, I mean, yeah, it was, no, the, the flights went up to 20 k at that time now. The flight was maybe like 11000 and 13000 I looked at the girl like, you serious? <laughs> and the guy said, oh, gosh, she can't tell you just <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. I said, really? It's just something simple. And she brought one looking very bland, looking like those ones we buy in traffic for like 150. Tell me, 40K. 
I tell her, I said, no, I said, go. He said, no. I said, I said, listen, you asked what that was my girlfriend. I said, this one, I married her. I said, if I carry this in go house, she won't talk to me. I said, no. I mean, I know they shame that country. I said, no, she won't talk to me. Leave it, leave it. I don't care. I'm not trying to impress. I don't even know you from anywhere. I told her, flat. I said, the one I buy normally, my sister, is 400 naira in traffic. I let me tell you, look, you can be laughing at me. It's your problem. You know, I don't have your problem. I have my own problem. <laughs> when I stop the traffic guy, I buy like five. You know why I buy five? They know they last. <laughs> I'm telling you, I buy plenty. Put it in a drawer. They change it one by one. Once you wear for some time, one day you want to pick it up, boom, it don't break. Uh, throw it. You know one reason I don't spend big money like that? One day, I, I was, it was in the shop in the U.S. This was some time ago. I saw one very, it wasn't expensive. It wasn't expensive, maybe like $10 or so, but I really liked it, so I bought it. So that day now, you know, if you're a husband, try not to be vexing for your wife too much. Because it's not good for you. If you vex for your wife too much, your son shares with spot. For <laughs> so that day, I just, I, I, for my venue, I just packed. As my son, I just came, like, you know, my American, nobody knew I went for $10. I mean, it's you that I'm telling now, you know. I just, I was feeling, it would look very nice. Look, okay, it looks like, uh, what do you call him? Uh, Mission Impossible guy. What's that guy? Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was looking like Tom Cruise. <laughs> I just came down. As I was closing my door, you know, the door of my car, I just came down in front of that Utibar Junction. I just closed my door like this. That's so why I closed the door. As I was closing the door, the thing was falling. So, you know, it was falling and the door was closing. <laughs> I look my American gaga. That was the end. So that is one reason why I don't buy some things very costly because they can... You know, that day, why I said don't be angry with my, your wife is that my wife annoyed me. I was not feeling very happy. So the spirit says, stop this anger. I said, no, I'm not going to stop it. So, okay, I'll break your glasses. So, as I won't close my door, it was four, as I was coming down to close the door, it fell off at that moment. And the door just squashed it. That metal to metal, boom. That was the end. But it didn't pay me too much. It was only $10. If I had bought that thing for like one fifty, No, you stop there and look. You look at heaven. You look down. But you know, there are people that it will break, even if they bought it for a million, they don't notice. So I'm not trying to say these things are bad. Just make sure you can afford it. I hope you're getting my point. Nobody says, so, you know, the main thing is that don't try to pretend for anybody. Don't try and impress anybody. There's no need trying to pretend for anybody. My friend told me, he said, Banky, I bought my wife a diamond ring. He said, I said, ah, I said, he said, Banky. They said, diamonds are a woman's, what is it? He's a woman's best friend. He said, okay. God has given my friend money, so he lives in America. So he said he went to, took his wife to the shop. She's like the diamond ring, and he paid for it. He called me and said, Banky, I bought the diamond ring. She's happy. He said, there's only one problem. She kept it tucked, hidden somewhere. For safety reasons. She doesn't wear it. She just knows she has a diamond ring. He said, the cubic zirconium that I bought, which is a cheap imitation of diamond, he said, in my opinion, it looks better than the diamond. And she wears that one every day. 
was happy she has a diamond ring in the closet. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? It's in the mind. She has a cubic zircone. You can go and check what that is. It's just it's a gemstone synthetic. It's very cheap compared to diamond. It's an imitation. It looks like diamond. In fact, to untrained eyes, the same thing. My friend said that one is bigger in his own eyes, is finer than the pure diamond that he bought. He said, but at least his wife is happy. So, and then, which is the reason why I was telling me, she doesn't wear it because it's real diamond. You know what made it lost? What am I to say? Listen, you can do all of these things. Like my friend did it because it didn't cost him anything. If it's going to cost you something, don't do it. You can't go for holiday. Six months later, you are still paying. Where's the maker? You are still paying the maker his uh, ticket money. Six months after holiday is over. If you were God, wouldn't you punish you? Just think about it. Mega is calling you say, Pastor, okay, we've not heard from you. <laughs> he said, but I was already on Sunday morning. I was preaching. <laughs> he said, no, that's not what I mean. You know, you, know, you and Topper went, uh, you know, now. That ticket was, uh, was 1.8 million. No, you have only given me like uh, 1.2. It remains 600. He said, don't worry, after Sunday service. <laughs> It's not necessary. Don't put yourself under unnecessary tension. It, look, I keep on saying that to people. But young and old, they say, you don't have a house yet, relax. Say you are living somewhere. Pray to God to give you a good and reasonable landlord. And then go and meet the landlord and say, sir, I'm a very good and reasonable tenant. Ah, don't jack up my rent anyhow. You know I'm paying you regularly. Some people will come give you first year's rent to collect the second one. Now, prayer point two. Simple. It's simple. No, you know, the truth that God will arrange your own thing in, in your own time. Yes, he will. He will. He will arrange your own for you in your own time. Those days I saw my friends fighting, trying to kill themselves to buy a motorcar. My own loss to my logic was simple. It was Bishop Oedipo that just solved that one for me. Bishop said, do you want to kill yourself before because of a car that can catch fire? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, cars can catch fire. So if I say for three years to buy a car and it catches fire, it's three years I just caught fire. That was my own logic. So people say, I said, I don't have money. I don't have I, No. I didn't have money. I didn't try to have money to buy a car. I didn't. The only time I... Somebody offered me a car that was reasonable in the cost that I could afford. Not so easily, but with a bit of pushing myself, I'll be able to do it. So I went and inspected the car. Just as I was in Lagos. So I said, okay. I told the guy, I'll buy it. We looked at it, an old vehicle. <laughs> I mean, that's what boys could afford, you know. When I say old vehicle, the guy in Nigeria don't rock in things. Say they are traveling abroad, he's selling off his property. Okay. So, we looked at it, priced it. So I can't remember the exact amount. So, okay, now to raise the money. That I think, yeah, it was about 50, 55,000, if I remember well. That about. So, I said, okay, I'll be able to get this amount. So, I had a friend. So, I said, okay, just lend me the balance, and I'll pay him back over a short few months. So, he didn't have a problem with that. He was going to do that for me. So, now I said, uh, okay, we came for a wedding in Lagos, so I discussed it with him. He said, good. So, he said, how is the car? I said, the car is all right. He said, you know my other car? He had a car like that before. I said, yes. He described the state of the car 
for me. That that is as nice as it looks. He told me all the problems he has. So that he's hoping this one I want to buy is better than that one. And I knew it was not as good as his own. So we're waiting, we're outside the reception venue of the wedding. We're just, just, our friend was getting married. So there was one car that parked. I said, is it as good as that one? Just point it to that car. He looked, I looked at it. I said, no, it is not even. Okay, no, it's not whether it's as good as his own car. I said, no, and I pointed to one that was there. I said, it's not, it's not even as good as that one. He looked. He said, Banky, no, don't buy it. No. He said, begging me not to buy it. He said, no, you will spend all your time repairing the car. They won't be able to serve you. By the time you finish campaign, and it, it wasn't the money that was issued. He was willing to lend me the money and I'll pay him back. I had part of it just to you know, balance it up. The guy said, no. I took his counsel, told the other person, I'm not buying again. And I'm forever grateful that I didn't buy. Because sometimes, eh, you may think that ride the keke is your problem until you ride a bad motor car. I had a friend that time in Lagos, my colleague. We used to make a joke. Now, see, and again, half sense. Someone wanted to sell him a car. He said it was too expensive. Another friend sold him the same car for half that price. Then this was what we noticed. He would drive the car for two days. The car would drive him for three days. <laughs> it's who's driving who does the issue. <laughs> One day, his mechanic came to the office. He said, please, I'm looking for Dr. XYZ. Uh, he's not around. He's gone home. I said anything. He said, yeah, I wanted to drop his car for him. That we were repairing it. I said, okay, uh, he's not around now. Uh, he said, okay. Let him take it back to the workshop. Maybe you bring it back tomorrow. I said, no problem. I continued my work. Then 10 minutes later, the guy came back. And said, please, is there a place you can park the car here? <laughs> so I was like, why do you want to park? I said, the guy has gone home. He said, yeah, he knows, but that the car can't leave. <laughs> I said, what happened? He said, you put the car in gear. The gear did not engage. So I, a resident doctor, came out to help a mechanic to fix a car. So I put it in gear. I was checking, checking. I said, no, are you sure the clutch cable is good? He said, no, guys, not the clutch cable. I, all the little I knew about car, I was giving, helping him diagnose. At the end of the day, I said, okay, just leave it here to be safe. To be safe. The next day they came, he said, no, the shaft just pulled. So that guy, every time, he would drive the car for two days. If the car is kind, though, he would let him use it for two days. Then the car would drive him for three days. Then one day he told us, he said, I have money these days. I'm very buoyant these days. I said, what happened? He said, I can't, didn't you know that I parked my car since? <laughs> when he parked the car, he was buoyant. <laughs> Listen, eh? don't give yourself problems that the Lord has not given you. I hope you're getting my point. Relax. In due season, God will solve problems for you. When he's solving it, you know, you will see the stress will not be there. This tension won't be there. It won't be there. You put in your sickle because the harvest has come. You know, that, that principle is very strong, right, in Scripture that I found in there. He said, the kingdom of God is like a seed that the man plants into the ground. He said, day by day, he goes to, he said, he goes to sleep. Then the earth by itself produces 
first the grain, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain. Abi, how does it go? First the grain. How does it go? Mark chapter four. I have not quoted in a lot. First the blade, then the ear. Let's just Mark chapter four. I've not read it in a while. Let's just start from twenty-six. The kingdom of God, he said. It's like a man who casts seed upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day. The seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. He said the soil produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. He said, but when the crop permits, I love this expression. When the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle. Because the harvest has come. When the crop permits, that's one thing you have to pray, that God will help you understand about life. When the crop permits. The way I like to illustrate it is this. You take, I went to a secondary school where there are a lot of mangoes. I know. These are children go to secondary school that their father's land is even bit bigger than that of the school. We went to real, I mean, we went to a real secondary school here. Okay, put down your hand. Not talking to people like this. If, look, if, once, if you're younger than 25, please put down your hand. Not talking to you. Okay. Ude, you went to one. I went to an Anglican school. It was a mission school, Anglican. And, and we had everything. What I meant by everything now. Games, we had like, we had a full-size football field. Full-sized. We used to do invitation relay around our our sports arena, school, you know, run, really round, four by 100. We used to do stuff like that, you know, real sports. We had a full lawn tennis court. We had a handball court, full one, well-built. Lawn tennis, handball. We had a volleyball court that was not well-built, was there, you know, it was earth. We had stuff like that. We had a full farm. The farm was in the school premises. Anyway, some of these young people say, eh, things like that they exist. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> Real school. So we had a lot of mangoes. A lot of mangoes in the premises. So some of those mangoes, they would be ripe and very high. And the only way boys could bring them down was how? Stoning them. Thank you. You went there. You went there. You know, that's how we do it, man. We don't pay for the mango. People buy mangoes these days. <laughs> I didn't know you supposed to. When we were young, we didn't know mangoes were for sale. <laughs> Mangoes are for plucking. You get my point? I mean, you climbed the tree and you were careful not to fall down. The only thing your mother worried about was your falling down. And I had a friend who could climb anything. We used to call the guy Bubulishi. <laughs> what they call Bubulishi? This guy could, that is, once we had a problem in school, we went to him. He will, he, if it's palm tree, he will, if you want palm fruit, he will climb bare hand. My friend is okay. Who is calling Google? It's one guy that gave me the name. He seemed to be able to do everything. There was nothing this guy couldn't do. One day I came and met him. I said, I heard you, you, made, you made a microscope. Where is it? He said, I should go and find an ant. So when I, I looked for an ant. And get, so he brought out the microscope contraction he made, put it on there and showed me how he magnified the ant. Oh, that's it. It's not, it's not surprised that an engineer today used to do all kinds of things. 
so climb trees. But the rest of us couldn't climb. So when we see fruit, we see fruit. So we wait down. Now we're going to catch up. But the rest of us used to catch up our mango. Ah, stone now. Boom! Should I confess? I can't remember ever bringing anyone down. <laughs> but this is where I'm going. It's because, you see, the ones we used to aim at, you will stone them, throw stick. They are not coming down. They are not coming down. You will stone. Some, I remember some, we will hit it with a stone. It will shatter. It won't come down. Have you experienced that before? You guys know what I'm talking about. Feeling sorry for my children, man. They don't, don't see things like this. So when I grew up, I remember those things. You know why they didn't used to come down? The crop has not yet permitted. When the crop permits, before you, if, I, if you shake the tree, it will come down. Some breeze will blow to rain. When you are putting so much effort in, and the thing is not yielding, the crop is not permitting. The crop is not permitting. That's the point I'm making. You're putting so much effort in. It's yielding next to nothing. Just know the crop has not permitted. I know the truth. Just look around your life. There's something else that's yielding at that point. But everybody says that, no, you are bigger than this, you are bigger than this, you are bigger than this. What about that they say? Listen, don't let people use anxiety to give you prayer points. Let me stop it there. Let your life be relaxed. Let God give you peace each time. Actually, he does. He does sometimes we just make up our minds. One man, I mean, well, he's not, he's not like to be listening to this. My friend used to work for him. He now decided that, you know, sometimes in life, eh, you, know, you have to know Christ too, so that I can give you satisfaction. He was very rich. My friend was working for him. He now decided that it's time to join politics. And he wanted to run for governor of his state. Not a problem. Except that he bought, I think, 200 cars and donated to the ruling party. I'm talking about politicians, those of you in politics. Politicians, except the Lord builds a house. The politicians with you will ruin it. They will never tell you, forget it. <laughs> they say, no, you see all these posters, you are saying it down. Let me not mention it. They have decided that this man has money. Let him bring it. They go and meet you and say, oh boy, you are the one everybody is asking for. <laughs> Just bring 100 million. That's it. They take 100 million, first pocket 20 before they leave your presence. They've shared 20. And they use 80 so that they can account. They come next, they bring another 100. So, this is my guy. Do you know the truth? He's, that's my guy's boss. He spent money, spent money, spent money. I you know what he got for it? Nothing. Apart from that was how his company shut down. Oh, yes, that was the end of the company. If I'm mistaken about the number of cars he bought, then brand new, then it's 50. He had that kind of money. Nothing I found about this is our politics. Most people that win the elections are not the ones that spend the biggest amount of money. Yes, most. Most. They are the ones that God has breathed favor upon. And favor is now guiding them. Favor is following them. People that have more money than them will spend it for them. 
That's the truth. Be careful in life to recognize where the crop permits. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Be careful. Don't give yourself unnecessary tension, unnecessary headache. You know what I found out? <laughs> All you need to do is survive. You will meet the blessing God has cared for you in front. You know what I said? They have a saying in Western Nigeria. They said the child that does not die will become an adult. And I'm convinced concerning the children of God, that's their destiny. Just don't die, the blessing is waiting. That's a matter of fact. You can't struggle to bring anything to pass. You can't. Listen, if you're a young man, like I said on Saturday, you're a young woman, just look out there. Who can I bless? Who has a vision I can help to best? I hope you're getting my point. Because sometimes God is looking and saying, Jacob, there's a blessing upon your household which you have inherited. But Jacob, before it can manifest, I need to feel, the Bible says that when the clouds are full, that's when they pour forth rain upon the earth. So, while you have faith in God, while your faith is locked on him, he by himself comes out to arrange things for you. And he must make sure that the spiritual aspect is perfected. So what he does a lot of times is that, you know, because blessings have to be triggered, but you don't know how. You just have your faith in God, and God will arrange you so that your faith will produce, listen to this, necessary works. Why? Because he said to Abraham, because of this thing you have done, even though I had promised him something before, did he not promise him that you will bless him? Yeah, why he was now saying, because of this you have done? That means, for the blessing to come, he had to do that thing. But then Abraham did not know it. He was just walking with God. I hope you get my point. So what God does is that while you are walking with him, because sometimes the message we will make is that he must say, plant this seed. The seed that really will germinate that thing, you don't know it. Okay, how many have ever eaten a guava here? You've seen a guava. Okay, now, have you ever seen a guava seed? Good. Now, if you have never opened a guava, will you have guessed that the seed is that small? No, there's no catch to it. The seed is very small. Okay, let's talk about What are pepper? Most people don't know what pepper seed looks like. You think they do? A lot of people don't know. It's why the men, they don't know. If you put small pepper on the table, tiny pepper, and put the seed of pepper, say, which of the seed of They will put small pepper. Say, the small pepper will become the big pepper. Is that not what we pastors preach? When you give small money, to become big money. When you plant, you know the tiny pepper? You plant it. Is that how it works? Is the seed inside that matters? What am I to say? So money, productivity, prosperity, whatever it is, is fruit. What does that tell you? The seed does not look like that. I can assure you, the seed does not look like money. All on that plant money. It's not true. I'm going to say to us, many times the real seed doesn't look like the thing that you're looking for. But God knows it. So the seed for Abraham to become what he created him to be was the sacrifice of Isaac. Abraham would never have guessed. Never. But God guided him until he made him do the right thing to activate it. In the same manner, God looked like Jacob, looked at Jacob. He said, yes, there's a promise over your household, I know. So you walk with me. You've inherited the promise. So don't worry, I'll handle the rest. 
But for me to be able to bless you, one of the conditions, please, before I say Jacob, I just remembered something about Abraham. One of the conditions for Abraham to fulfill was to do what? Entertain strangers unawares. Did he know? No. The day Isaac was going to be born, it was because he entertained angels. Not knowing they were angels. They were just strangers. He entertained angels unawares. I hope you get my point. In the same manner, God said concerning uh, Jacob, I will bless you greatly. But one seed you must plant is that you will make somebody else rich. So he led him into the house of Laban. And he labored until everybody and Laban himself knew that the only reason you are this rich, sir, is because this man is working for you. After that, God said, time to go home. Do you get my point? Which is why I say it all the time. The key to the release of God's power is a continual doing of good works. When, this, when strangers are to be um, entertained, go ahead, do it. When it's time to make labor and rich, go ahead, do it. God knows how he will arrange. You know what he's doing? He's filling the cup for you until the clouds are full and they do what? Pour rain upon the earth. I hope you're getting my point. It's an important principle. So I tell you, don't put your... Look, each time just locate the assignment for each season. There's no need to put yourself under unnecessary tension. There's no need. There is no need. In the time of your blessing, in that, that material blessing, God will bring it without this amount of stress. Anything you are doing that becomes your excuse for not doing good again, that is already... There's a curse already on it. Uh, yes. There is. Please, uh, we are hungry. Can you give us food to eat? You know I'm building a house. Uh, please, uh, we, need to, to, uh, we need to buy one or two things in church. You go to a church, they need one or two things. And your wife tells you about it. You say, baby, you know we can't do that. You know we are going for holiday this Christmas. So the house of God <laughs> will lie. No? I lie how? Desolate, thank you. Unrepaired. Because you run to your own panel houses. So, you know, people are actually saving money to buy plasma TV. Uh, sorry, smart TV. They are saving money to buy smart TV. Let me give you the word of the Lord. You need a foolish TV. You know what they call foolish TV? Is that smart or dull? Okay, you need a dull TV. You don't need a... You don't need, how can you be saving money to buy television? Do they still watch TV these days, sir? Don't mind. I just assume, say, maybe everybody view like me. Breeze come, came through with my dish. I said, it's the will of God. Yeah. One day, my decoder wasn't working again. I thought it was an old model or bad. Number one, the other they were doing pain to the name of God. I stopped paying them. You know the people. Don't you know those people? Uh-huh. Those people. I didn't call their name. They are the one murmuring their name. So I went and paid for, let me not advertise for anybody. I paid for something for my children. No, I have TV. I'm not, I'm, I have plenty of TV in the house. I'm not saying I don't have TV. I'm just saying that they hardly watch. Me, I hardly do. Now, I'm not saying TVs, but I have TVs in the house, of course. I'm just trying to say that it's, it's, it's not so, such an important thing in life. You'll be saving money. This is Nigeria, where we don't buy things on credit and be paying small, small. Say, bros, let's go and eat. Ah, this evening, eh? it's your birthday now. Let's drink Coke. <laughs> he said, no, I'm supposed to collect my TV next month. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to that television. I'll tell you. 
Go and ask Pastor Kimoti what happened to his television. His children, his children decided to start playing baseball. <laughs> now one of them roll That was it. Let me tell you Don't buy things that they spoil, you will cry. Anything that the damage of it can bring tears from your eyes. One day, one boy, it really happened in secondary school. He bought a very nice pair of shoes, very, very nice. He was walking, then he ran into his toe. Wham! Then he started outside rubbing the shoe, I was crying. <laughs> yes, the shoes were expensive for his level. If you spoil my big TV in the house, you know what I would do? Hiss. I'll probably shout, what? After that, in fact, to show you that I'm blessed, I'll go and buy another one. And I don't want to tell you the size of the TV I'm talking about. <laughs> the Lord is good. Oh, what am I saying? Please tell your neighbor, relax. relax. Tell your neighbor, relax. relax. Say, God is good to you. Tell the person, God is good to you. Tell the person, God is good to you. Now, say this. It sounds funny, eh? but it's the truth. Tell the person, that miracle is on the way. Come to another person. Say that miracle is on the way. That's it. Oh, I said we're warming up, right? Somebody say yeah. <laughs> this message I wanted to preach it last time. I didn't get there. Today now, time has also gone. I didn't get. It. I will start it today. Then we'll pray for a few minutes. Then God helping me. I'll continue next time. Let's just tell this story. So I won't spend too much time. I'm reading. Oh, okay. I will read it next time. Let me just tell the story. It's something we know very well here. Just that it's good to keep on reminding ourselves. The Lord called the man Abraham. We know the story. At the age of 75. Now, we're talking about casting away fear, right? The Lord called the man Abraham at the age of 75. Told him to come, walk before him, and he will bless him. And then Abraham walked with God. 25 years later, Isaac was born, the son of promise. About 35 to 40 years after the birth of Isaac, God came one day and said to Abraham, now I want your son, your only son whom you love. He qualified it very well. I want you to offer him to me as a burnt offering. And then a whole burnt offering. Every piece of him will be burnt. And then Abraham got up, took Isaac, said, let's go somewhere. After a while, I told the servants, accompany them, wait behind. The lad and I will go to go and worship. It was not a small boy. It was definitely between 35 and 40. Rabbis put that 37. I normally like to use 35 just to make my calculation easy. So it's 60 years after Abraham's call. That's the point I'm trying to get when I choose the word 35. Now, but the point is that we know that Abraham went ahead to sacrifice the boy, the young man, the lad. In sacrificing the young man, God told him, don't lay your hands on him. He provided a ram in place of his son. And then they returned. Now God said to Abraham, because of this thing you have done, in blessing I will bless you. I will make your name great. Sorry, let me just read that portion. I just want to get the very words he used. Because we'll read it later. What I'm just trying to do is just give us a kind of um, a summary of it and then make a few points, which hopefully we'll develop next time. 
Genesis 22, he said, um, he said in verse 15, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing, and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you. I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Now, I'm going to stop reading there. Now, this was what happened when Abraham sacrificed Isaac, essentially. He was, yeah, he was going to sacrifice him. God had to stop him last moment. He saw that the determination was with him to sacrifice the boy. Now, this is where I'm going. What was this thing that he did? Of course, we know that he sacrificed Isaac. But what I want to explain is that what God, what God is looking for is something that many of us overlook. In this particular scenario, the interpretation of most people is how precious the son was to Abraham that he, want, he was willing to give up for God. Now, except that that was not what happened. Was the son precious? Most certainly. The son of his old age. Sixty years after God called him and he left everything to follow God. Very precious. No doubt about it. It's like you save money. You invested. You sowed seed. You reaped the seed. You went into all kinds of schemes. After laboring for, let's say, 60 years, you amassed a massive treasure trove of money. Valued, let's say, let's just make it easy, Nigerian terms. So valued at maybe like 50 billion naira. And then you give it up for the gospel. You give it up for your, your town to develop. It's a great sacrifice. Is that not so? It is. Except that that was not what happened here. We know the sacrifice was great. But really, what happened, what impressed God was not, the, the, not, it was not that Abraham was willing to give God something so precious. No. It was that Abraham said, if Isaac dies, God will raise him up from the dead. Now, that looks like, ah, you never give her up now. I don't know whether you're getting my point. No, think about it. If I give up that 50 billion, President Buhari will recognize me and give me an oil block that is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and which, of course, is a good investment. And also, so if I thought like that, you will realize I really didn't give up that 50 billion for my town. Truffles. Yeah. And I actually say to Christians also, a lot of times when we sow in called seeds and we're waiting for a harvest, we really didn't give anything up. We're investing. So if you look at it on the surface, it may appear as if that's what Abraham did. But that's actually what he did in quotes. And it impressed God. Now, he wasn't investing. He wasn't asking for Isaac to be multiplied. Okay? It's just that God said, bring me your son. And he was willing to bring up the son. And God was impressed. And I am telling you that it was not because the boy was so precious. Now, the fact that the boy was so precious was part of it. But that was not the main thing. The main thing was that God had given Abraham a promise before. And that promise said, in Isaac will your seed be. I hope you're getting my point. So, listen, I know many of us think Isaac was so precious. No, that was not the issue. It was that he had a promise. 
And that promise said, in Isaac will your seed be. So by the time Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, a natural person will expect that God has to revise what he was saying. I hope I get my point. Isaac at that time, remember, he didn't have a wife yet. He married a few years afterwards. When he was 40. And did not have children until he was 60. So there was not any hope like uh, Isaac, Isaac will your seed be. As at this point. Yeah, they said, born the Isaac. So when Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, the Bible says the reason he did was that he reckoned that God was able to raise him from the dead. Now, so he did not give up Isaac the way you gave up 50 billion for your village or for the gospel. No. He gave up Isaac reckoning that God was able to raise him from the dead. Now, why does he, why did he impress God? The man built his life. He built, he made his decision based on one thing, the promise of God. He reckoned that God cannot fail. If God said, in Isaac will your seed be, and he said, born up Isaac, it must mean that he plans to rearrange the ashes and raise the boy up again from the dead. So when he was telling the mother, the lad and I will go and worship and come back, he wasn't lying. He wasn't trying to deceive her. Because God said, in Isaac will your seed be. Ah, and this Isaac, he said I should burn him. Then it must be that ashes give birth to children. It did not cross his mind that the word of God will fail. Kill Isaac. Mm-hmm. So people that die have children? Okay. Burn him up. Ashes can multiply. I don't know whether you're getting my point. His own was simple. God said, in Isaac will your seed be. For that reason, Paul said, he received him back from the dead. So back to it. What was it that impressed God about Abraham? Contrary to what many of us will think, it was not the magnitude of the sacrifice. It was that Abraham built his life on the promise of God. We call it faith. But let's be practical about it. It means Abraham built his life on the promise of God. You know, one major thing, you know, in the other day I was saying on Saturday, we need to understand the way God reasons. No, we have to understand some fundamental things about scripture. That we can interpret things. Like I said on Saturday, that if you understand God is love, it will help you understand his commandments. What means God is love? Love does not seek his own. So anytime God says do something, it is never for his own good. It is not when you do it, I'll be able to live longer as God. It's not good for the king of the universe to die early. So if you give me food, I will last longer. So bring your offering so I can last longer as God. It's not it. Praise me so I'll be bigger than before. Love does not seek his own. God never, God never, never, never seeks anything for his own benefit. We'll explain that then. Another thing we must understand about God again is what impresses him. Gifts do not impress him. Half as, what is half? A fraction as much as trust does. Did you hear what I said? Gifts. And sacrifices 
do not impress God a fraction as much as trust does. So if you come to my house, you bring a million naira in a bag. I say, sir, God bless you. You know I'll be very happy. You don't know I'll be very happy? No, it's easy for all you to prove it now. Is it hard? Just get the million and come and visit me. Now, so I'm just joking there. So if you bring a lot of money, say, Pastor, take. I'll be very happy. Do you get my point? And if I tell you that I'll be in your house, okay, tomorrow is your birthday. I'll come back by myself and come and pray for you. And um, I get to your house. I say I'll be there by five. I get to your house by five. You are not there. I call you and say that, ah, Pastor, I didn't know you would come again. Do you know I won't be so offended? I'm a human being. You gave me a millionaire yesterday. Come on. What kind of offense is that? I don't know whether you're getting my point. I mean, think about it now. I will overlook love. Overlooks a multitude of sins. There's one million that's talking, my guy. I'll be patient with you. I say, okay, all right. Uh, uh, Pastor, please wait. We're coming now. We're coming now. We're coming now. I will wait. You know why? I've not even spent the one million there. Why? I'm a human being. He's mindful that we are but what? Flesh. That's how human beings behave. So we think that God is like that. He's not like that. This is God for you. Don't give him a dime. Okay, no. Two people come. One gave him, assume he's a human being, he comes in flesh. One person gives him 10 million naira cash. And he said, let's go. The other person said, ah, good morning, sir. Just let me greet you. Okay? He didn't bring anything. Or he bring one mango. And then the both of them go home. You tell the first person who brought 10 million, oh, I'll be in your house tomorrow by 4 o'clock. He gets there by 4. The fellow says, hey, I didn't know you were still coming, you know, Pastor, my wife and I really went somewhere. God will note it. He goes to the other person who brought him a mango. Five o'clock, the guy is waiting in the house. It's about to rain heavily. He was supposed to rush and go and cover his corn that he kept in the field. You know, he's drying somewhere. He said, no. Pastor said he's coming by five. And he doesn't leave. And I get there one minute to five. And he smiles. He said, you said you were coming by five. I knew you would be here. You know, God loves that person 100 million times more than the first fellow. As a human being, I, I, I wouldn't be a big deal. But I'm telling you how God reasons. That one that said, I, I waited because I knew you would be here. When God wants to swear a blessing, that in, by myself I have sworn, that in blessing I will bless you, that is the person he swears to first. The other one that gave him 10 million, maybe you multiply his 10 million to be 100 million. Maybe you multiply it to be a billion, per adventure, maybe. Maybe you multiply it to be one trillion. Mm, okay. But this one, he will say, your God will be there swearing. As long as I am God, your children will never lack. Anything you put your hand to do, it will prosper. If you go out in the morning, going now to be a blessed thing. If you stay at home, staying at home will be blessed. God will be raining blessed upon that household. Why? He said, I waited because I knew you will come. Yes, my field, my corn I spread out. You know, or my, my flower that I wanted to dry in the field. Let it get wet with the rain. But since you said you will come by five, I knew I had to be here by five. God says, so you built your life on a word that I give. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Listen, that's what God wants. Many Christians are struggling every day to do something for God. God says, no, that's not where it starts from. Just trust what I have said to you. This is what you're running up and down. He said, I told you, the Lord is your shepherd. You will not lack. 
You know, God is giving me one revelation these days. <laughs> you know what he wants to do? I, look. <sighs> Let me drop it for you. Hmm? This is what God wants to do with his children, the whole church. He said, never see anything you are doing as a source of your income or your secure, financial security. Your assignment in life is to allow me best things on this earth through you. And what God wants is that through your life I must bet something. If it is not bringing money, don't worry. Just let me bet it. I hope you're getting my point. You see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian author. I write Christian books, all right? Bible teaching, okay? Today I was sitting and working on some things. And I was thinking about it. Now, God says, now, please, I'm not, this is not about praise, not praise for a human being, all right? What, the major reason we keep our books free online for download is that I found out from experience, personal experience, many of us here, that once you put the need to pay, it reduces the number of people that will buy the book. Now, not, not one, because sometimes a lot of people don't have the money to spend, okay? But that's not the main thing. That hindrance, that pay here, do this, do that whole process, it complicates the issue. The book we released a few weeks ago, Worship and Sex Control, I don't have any doubt in my mind that, okay, direct one that I could count, almost 3,000 people downloaded it before our, the link we're using. I don't know what went wrong with the link, so we have to release new links now. But by the, by the way, the book is now on our website. If you just go to Pastor.ng, just look for books, click, it's the top one, the first one you see. Okay, so if you are listening to this, if you want to read the book, Worship and Sex Control, just go to Pastor.ng, click on books. All right? If you are using the mobile device, menu will first pop up, click on menu. The whole thing will spread out. Then click on books. It's the first book you'll see there. Top, top to download is two megabytes. It's not a big book. Okay? Two megabytes. That's the, the data size. It's 250 pages, standard pages. But the data size is just two megabytes. Now, why I release those books free? There's time we're counting. A few thousands of our books total are downloaded every month. All right? Now, I don't have a problem with it. It was, ah, if you market it, you know what? God hates me thinking it. You know what he said? I found out. Say, if you want money, ask for it. Your assignment, you know, a lot of our musicians, the world has corrupted them. They think pastors should preach free, but they shouldn't sing free. I thank God for a lot of people that just put their music out there on YouTube. We can sing. As they are releasing it, it's out there. If you are doing praise, you are doing worship, please don't, 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 don't obstruct. As it's coming out, please put it up there. Don't tie yourself to contracts that will not allow you lead praise worldwide for the church at the same time, maybe on YouTube, on Facebook, whatever it is. Don't. Personally, I have found out that the Lord has said it to me in different ways. And the truth is that he doesn't want... Listen. His own is that, listen, I want to birth something to the earth through you. Chicken up. That is the primary assignment. And when you are arranging, make sure that is what you have in mind. The birthing of a spiritual substance into the earth. I want to birth a spiritual... Look, when you are reasoning about business, career, everything, ministry, bear that thing in mind. Don't think of how much money we will make. Once you think of that, you are saving money. What he wants is to birth something through each person into the earth. Tell me. But the world has rearranged things so much that everything we do must be the source of our wealth. No. You know, the way God gives people money, different ways. 
The day I found out that Mary Kay did not get most of her money from selling cosmetics, I was surprised. But you wouldn't know. Many people, what you know them for is not what God is blessing them financially through. Bear it in mind. What does God want really? He wants people who build their lives on promises that he made. Everything God wants to give to us, he has packaged in promises. It's in the scriptures. As promises. So he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He expects you to bear that in mind anytime you are making any decision. If they say, look, if you take this job here, you will never make money. Tell the person, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. They give somebody a job. This one pays you half a million a month. This one pays you only 60000 a month. And the fellow says, here, I will bet something. Here, they're going to make me sit on a desk, earn a lot of money, and I don't know what I'm going to be doing. They say, but at least you'll be able to. And you say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God will say, by myself, I have sworn that in blessing, I will bless you. You have not given an offering. No. All you have done is that you have based a major decision on a promise that he made. We're going to talk about that further next time. I just wanted to introduce you, then we'll go. My plan before, which I hope we'll get there eventually, is that how do we overcome fear? It is simple. It's by trusting in his promises. How do you overcome fear? It is by trusting in what? His promises. Anything he says, just believe it. If they say, Ebola is coming, kidding everybody. And just open the scripture. And you go to Psalm 91. And it says, no evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling place. From verse 2. It is he who delivers me, you say to yourself now, from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Then you go out to say in verse 5, you will not, I will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. Or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. You just say that. And that becomes your confidence. When they are talking about plague coming. God will look at you and say, By myself, I have sworn. No plague will touch you. Listen. Let me stop you here. Because what I wanted us to do before, take the promise of God one by one. And begin to declare them. If God allows us, we are going to do that again. We are going to do that next time. I've been trying to do it since last time. I didn't get there today. Maybe next time we'll be able to do it. But let's rise to our feet, read one or two scriptures, and then we end it there for today. Isaiah chapter 41. How do we overcome fear? It is simply by laying our lives on his promises. I want to read two scriptures there. And we're going to claim it in prayer as we close today. Verse 10. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now, let's read together verse 10. Want to let's go. Do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Surely, I will help you. Surely, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Read verse 13. For I am the Lord your God, who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Take a minute and give a lot of thanks for these two verses of scripture, verse 10 and verse 13. This is just to let us know that we will never be without help. 
That is a matter of fact. Help will always come to us. Help. 